You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 789, Legion of Superheroes 77, Lock Up. Welcome to episode 789 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am, well, right now I am Bourbon Boy. I've got a bit of a, a tooth situation happening, and, uh, and it's just, ouch. And um, um, and uh, i got to say, the bourbon's helping to make it less ouchy at the moment. So ba- ba- Babies know what they're doing? Yes. yes. The teething problems. <laughs> yes, um, as uh, as my children had when they were teething, a little bit of bourbon is making that all go away. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is uh, um, a broken cap. So you know, had these permanent caps put on. Turns out my dentist was a liar. Impermanent, <laughs> permanent. Exactly. This is this. Is, I'm finding this to be far less than permanent. Um, so, um, yeah, hoping for that to uh, to be one last thing on my plate. Um, but I have to wait until it was one of those things where he's like, OK, so we we're going to put an implant in there and play in place of it. So we'll need to take out the root that's there. And um and uh, so he tried to he tried to take out that route, and it was not happening. In fact, it was not happening for a good thirty minutes. And um, and like I, I thought we were going to get to the point where he was going to have like his foot on my chin, mm-hmm. um, trying to pull this thing out. And uh, he figures, yeah, it seems it might it might have fused to the bone. So we're going to uh, need to. Um, send you to a specialist for it. So the specialist calls um, uh, the next day and they're like, well, we can fit you in in December. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And uh, and then the Novocaine wore off. Mm. And that was unpleasant and has continued to be unpleasant. So uh, really looking forward to getting this wrapped up. Well, that sounds like the- a whole lot of not fun. Right. But in the meantime... There is bourbon. Mr. Beam is going to help me with it. <laughs> hey, and, I saw uh, part of that. It had Rowan Atkinson and Peter Nicola. No, Beam. Beam. Sorry, it's just I, I was watching Blacker, Blackadder earlier today. So. <laughs> um, so I have a cunning plan, and that is to find out what is happening down south with Travis. Hey, everybody. This is Travis Elsor, and I am back home, lad. Uh, I've been gone for about two weeks exploring. Oh, wow. I went through Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Tennessee, all the mountainous areas around, Ooh. eating the food, hiking the hikes. Seeing some old friends, uh, eating more food, eh, such as you do. I visited like five different comic shops all around. All were excellent. Oh, nice. Um, I think I told you guys uh, I got uh, 
a complete run of Hex, which I thought was very cool. Yes. I've only ever read the one issue with the Legion cameo, and there was like a complete set for like 20 bucks. And I was like, well, can't pass that up. You can't. Yeah. Uh, I picked up many types of butters and jams and different things from a couple different apple orchards I went to. Oh, nice. Uh, hiked a couple mountains, went miles up in the air doing that kind of thing. And now I'm nice. home. And I have work tomorrow, and I know I'm going to have like 2,000 emails waiting on me. And it's going to be awful, but that's what you get. <laughs> it's the price you pay. Uh, what was your favorite sandwich of the trip? Oh, I don't know. If we're going sandwich, uh... <laughs> I was just trying to narrow it down for you a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say, where where was I? It was uh, Chimney Rock. Uh, chimney. It was chimney rock. Um, I had a on a on a restaurant that was had a back patio that was over a river, which was pretty cool. Um, I had a lobster roll. Uh, nice. You don't really think of seafood in North Carolina, but they are on the coast. And well, that's right. Seafood. Yeah. Um, they get good seafood, and uh, I've that's probably my fourth or fifth lobster roll in my entire life I've had. And that one was pretty dang good. It was some big chunks of lobster on that thing. And, um, had fourth or fourth or fifth lobster roll ever. Yes. Um, lobster rolls are really good. I live on the coast. We're shrimp, shrimp and crawfish. Lobster aren't down here in the, in the Gulf. Right. Right. I live in the Midwest. I've had exactly one lobster roll in my life. Hmm. Yeah, now the best one I ever had was actually in Maine on the water that was fresh caught that morning. That's uh, amazing. And it was with bread that was homemade that day. That was spectacular. Uh but yeah, that was the best uh that was the best thing I had there. I did have a good breakfast one that I didn't take a picture of and I wish I had. I had these uh uh apple caramel pancakes where they had like the fried apples sliced up and put on top of the pancakes. And then instead of syrup, they put a caramel sauce. Oh, nice. With a little powdered sugar on top of that. Yeah. Now, if you eat that every day, I think you die. But for sure. Man, for a one day treat, whoa. You're just doing this to make me hungry, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what Travis always does to me, but I, I, I always love to hear when he travels. Uh, I love to hear about the food. <laughs> this is true. His gastronomic experiences are. Uh, Always Definitely amazing. Worthwhile. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but before we turn into Travis's food podcast, uh, let's uh, Take a drink. keep the podcast going and turn it over to Mr. Jim Purcell. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I am Jim Purcell. Um, and there's a couple of ways I can go with this this week, but you know what? I'm going to go with uh, I'm this week. I'm year two lad. Uh, as today, I have officially re-upped my subscription to uh, – the DC Universe app. Yeah. Uh, one year since that launched. And uh, I uh, get so much use out of it. I can't give it up. So. Wow. There you go. Fortunately, uh, because I signed up, you know, as the early bird, I only have to pay a hundred dollars a year instead of like 120 or 30. Yeah. Uh, apparently that continues as long as I stay sub to it. So. Uh, turn. Oh, something interesting. Up. Yeah, it is how they get you, actually. Um, <laughs> back when I signed up initially, they uh, they promised to, like, 
when you signed up, not only did you get your subscription and a discount, they were also giving out like uh, you're supposed to get a free hardcover to the like complete death of Superman. That was like an incentive. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the whole year went by and I never heard boo about how to get the book. And apparently you had to actually go the entire year because as soon as I re-upped, I got an email about it. Oh, so nice. I, yeah. yeah. So I finally ordered it. So I guess it was you had to go the entire year before they fulfilled it. I didn't have that when I signed up. They sent it you, to me within three weeks. Yeah, most I got mine at the beginning too. Oh, maybe I missed the initial email, but I guess it's coming now. Well, there because you go. I never got it the first time. Eh, better late than never. Weird. Absolutely. Uh, yep. Other things I could have talked about. I went to the bookstore again, and I also watched the new Doctor Who special, which was very oh, good. Oh, nice. No, no. Oh, right, because it's uh, 60th anniversary, right? Yeah, 60th anniversary special, David Tennant. It's uh, exclusive to Disney Plus outside of the UK. Okay. Oh, interesting note about it, though. It's actually yeah. an ad- adaptation of a uh, Marvel UK comic story by Pat Mills and uh, Dave Gibbons. Uh, Gibson. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's so uh, cool. It is very cool. Nice. Wait, by, by Dave who? Uh, Watchman guy, uh, Gibson, oh, Gibbons, right? yeah, Gibbons, Gibbons, right? It, you you had it right the first time. I did. I, I doubted myself. I failed. See, this is what happens when you doubt yourself. Wow, that's cool. It is, and they get their names credited right on the uh, title, which is uh, more than most, even most better. comic cre- most comic creators get. <laughs> the thing I always remember is, you know, with Marvel UK, is that uh, um, the one of the main editors on those books was Andy Tennant, who would later go on to uh, to pop superstardom as one of the Pet Shop Boys. Crickets. So did did, did he edit <laughs> any books about West End girls? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think they were always on his mind, though. Oh, uh, <laughs> what have I done to deserve this? <laughs> Oh, man. I think after that, that I start getting the mixed up with erasure. So. (laughs) Uh, I was like, wait, something about chains of love. No, that's erasure. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to uh, synth podcast. Oh, synth. Okay. (laughs) But uh, so, so, uh, so, but, but good special. Yeah, good special. It was good. Nice. Uh, Very cool. Yeah, I recommend it if you can watch it and you're interested in Doctor Who. Uh, this, of course, is the uh, 60th anniversary special, so it's not the greatest jumping on point because it makes a lot of direct references back to Series 4. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a nostalgia fest. Yeah, but uh, yeah. after the specials, the new series is going to start. Apparently, it's going to be shooting for a clean slate. So if you want to get on into Doctor Who, uh, the season one coming up is where to start. Very nice. That's it for me. Dang it. All right. And uh, well, joining us, um, wait, from the not from the future, from the past. That's right. That's yeah, so, it. Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Williams, a, a proud member of the Legion of Substitute Podcasters Reservist Auxiliaries. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this week, there, there are a couple of ways I could have gone with mine as well. But 
be, being not binamual, um, <clears throat> I will go with, I will call, say that this week I am Spotlight Lad. We Ooh. went to Home Depot today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, PJ and I did, and yeah, see that that was the other that was my 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 other name would have been my my husband has gone to, has gone hardware crazy lad. Um, <laughs> He he's decided. Oh, I want to start doing little woodworking projects around the house. That's how it and starts. So, yeah, that's how it starts. Um, so, but I I'm, which is kind of fair because I'm the one who actually bought most of the power tools before and was doing all the the household projects. Okay. But then I but then I bought a cordless drill. I finally talked him into, yes, I want a cordless drill. I don't want this stupid little corded thing that we got at, at Walmart, you know. So a few years ago, just, just like a couple of years ago, we got a cordless drill. And ever since then, he's become more and more, oh, I want to I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Yeah. Well, while, well, of course, just being Black Friday, Black Friday weekend, I uh, <clears throat> came across, I decided I wanted to get a, a flashlight. For when power, when we lose power around yeah. here, which isn't very often, but you know, and also the fact that you know sometimes you need it, you need a little extra light, sometimes and it gets kind of to, yes, and it's a, it's a pain in the ass to try and hold the phone with the flashlight on it. So I got this little handheld spotlight, recharge USB rechargeable, mm-hmm. and and also has batteries, which is you know really cool. But the thing I noticed after we got it home, and I pulled it out, and I you know I. I I got it out of the packaging and I held it. Is that it looks like those that that damn handheld Phantom Zone projector that was sort of gun style <laughs> back from the Silver Age? You know, yes. you, you had the because you you had the the one you know the the big circle and a tripod that kind of looked like a looked like um, one of these those gigantic uh, industrial fans, but then you also had the one that was the little the little red gun. That had the two buttons on, on the end of it. That was like, and the, this is this is that. I now have a Phantom Zone projector, nice. and trust me, you turn you turn that light on. This is twenty five hundred lumens. You turn that on. You are you may as this is one of those things that you that you use when you want your uh, you want your next door neighbors and your neighbors three doors down to all think that you that uh, there's a cop at your house. With that bright light. <laughs> so yeah, if, if you hear reports of people disappearing up in the uh, disappearing in Chicago and, and under mysterious flashes of bright light, you'll know that I didn't that I didn't actually pick up a a spot a, a new flashlight spotlight thing after all. And that Very they nice. Me. Well, and and I mean, you can send people into the uh, <clears throat> Phantom Zone and say that you'll be. Um, you know, you. I'll, I'll uh, help you out. I hope you get out of there. Yeah, yeah, and, the, and the, I'll just let them sit there for a thousand years. A little super dickery. Yeah, exactly. That's right. It's good enough for Superman. If it's good enough for Superman, it's good enough for me. Exactly. Exactly. Well, folks, speaking of stuff that is good enough, um, what do we have in terms of Legion news? We I haven't have a, read no. it yet, so. Because uh, I uh, picked up my comics today, and I looking around the room trying to remember where I put them. Well, uh, find those. 
I think I think probably if you're on the internet, you've been spoiled by everything. But in uh, Justice Society of America number seven, there's a cameo by some Legion characters of the substitute variety. Nice. Uh, sort of. It's another one of those things. One of those with John's the, things. With the those John's. Just John's things. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 you know, get, Legion of give, Substitute Variety because it's published by yeah. DC. I don't know what you mean. It's, I mean, it's not uh, like it's give, published by Marvel and it's unofficial. I don't know what you. Uh, no, no, no. It's just that it's Jeff, John, or, or as I call him, for its propensity just to stretch things out interminably. Long John's. <laughs> That's a good phrase for it. Yeah. Travis, do you read many like current DC books? Like at yes. all? Yes. Okay. You, I read a lot know, of them. Did you read Power Girl? Just just generally speaking. No. Okay. So there's currently kind of an issue. It's not really an issue, but it is really noticeable that John's interpretation of the character is very different than the series interpretation of the character. So there's some dissidents going on somewhere with Jeff Johns is like corner of the DC universe and everywhere so, else. So you're talking about Johns, but really that's kind of DC as a whole for the past 10, 15 years. I don't know. <laughs> it seems really like centralized on what Johns does, what Johns does and everybody else does what the editors say. Yeah. Because, yeah. In, in, because um, <clears throat> I know power girl is, uh, so she's been turning up over in the Superman books and she actually has her own title over there as well. Right. And um, she does seem different from the version of her that is in. Um, well, the main thing is in her title, she acknowledges she's from Earth 2 and she, that, she right. keeps that whole background. But in John's book, she's just been around since the since the Bronze Age, like as if there was a she was from like the shared the single universe. It's it's not confusing if you don't pay too close attention to it, but it, it's obviously different. It's just weird that they're not all on the same page. And I don't think it's just because the editors are asleep at the wheel. I think it's literally John just does what he wants. Oh, yeah, that's well, for sure. That that would be the editors not correcting him then. Yeah. Also, it's Power but, Girl. Wait, it's Power editors? Girl whose origin has changed every year since she's been created. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but, but she's not been going... a consistent character. From never from go from no, jump yeah, and again we saw the uh, the retro boot legion also in Justice Society, granted in a in a time travel uh, context, whereas we are seeing the Jim, Bendis Legion. Do you think in any, Green Arrow right now? Do you yeah. think any editor at DC Comics is familiar with the Legion? Yeah, that's true. Um, ever since Brian Cunningham left, I think yeah, uh, there has been no one there yeah. who knows anything about the Legion. Now, now that said, that said, I, I, I do think like like, um, and again, I mean it, it, you know, sometimes becomes an excuse for poor editor, for poor editoring. <laughs> Caught myself just before I said it, but then I thought it was too just too amusing not to say. Um, hey, did I mention that the bourbon is really good? Um, anyway, um, <laughs> my, my mouth doesn't hurt right now, so it's a good thing. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, it's, um, I know that sometimes, uh, weird timeline shit can be blamed for a lot of editorial oversights, or, um, I think in more cases, um, you know, see, um, 
Bendis's Legion um, and the whole uh, uh, A. Loran's Michigas, um, you know, it, or it's uh, it's editors are just like, well, I'm not going to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and, and so I, I think i think i, think I don't think of any that. of the editors know anything if you say hey i put the legion in this they're like okay they have no idea if it's the right one they're like they, did, they did, don't. did you get your pages in on time all right so good. so, so, in so green i can get arrow, them to the next guy in green arrow we've got the latest version of the legion from sook and bendis and Legion. yeah because Believe it or not, comics are a collaborative medium, and Sook designed all those characters. Uh, so, in Justice Society, we got Retro Boot, and Last Days of Lex Luthor. Wade is—I mean, we haven't seen him yet, but Wade has said yeah. this is just another version of Legion altogether that he's just come up with. So we're getting—you know—it's going to lean. It's going to lean Silver Age. Yeah. But, so, but, yeah. But, but, D, but with DC Black, you have the it's non-canon, like kind of assumed. 90% of the time. But yeah. also the black label stuff. Yeah. Also in the, uh, uh, what was it? The, uh, the, was it flashpoint beyond? Was that what it was called? Yeah. We had the hint of the Legion of four worlds thing. Yeah. Yes. So, you're right. You're right. So who knows? Which I don't think is ever happening, but. Oh that, no, but, but that was, but that was Williamson though. Wasn't it? Yeah. That, that was yeah. a big show. I think that was, wasn't that, uh, John's and oh, you're right. Uh, John's uh, and uh, uh, was it Adams? Jeremy Adams was it? Jeremy Adams, yeah. And I'll, I'll buy anything Jeremy Adams writes. But anyway, seriously, yeah. I'm just happy for any Legion to show up at any time. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. We, you yeah. know what? You're right. We got different versions of the Legion. I'll take any of them. Thank you. Just um, show me something. Yeah. Show me the yeah, DC me remembers they exist. Yeah. My thing though is just who John's picked for this particular instance because it's like of the three characters who appear two of them have never been a part of that team before ever and it's all and judging from the costumes it's still retro boot, and one of them is like uh yeah i don't one of them uh, uh two of okay. them have definitely been on the team all right all right, can we, can we, can we, uh, can we, sure can we not, uh, you know what, spoilers, no. people, um, yeah. can we, no, just, no, like, I, cause the, the dancing around just, it is driving me crazy. Yeah. Rainbow okay. Girl was in the Legion of Substitute Heroes last time they appeared. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I don't and remember Superman, that. And, and yeah. she was Superman in, in the she, Legion. Yeah. That one. Yeah. yeah. She was in there for a couple issues with the yeah, team. She's cool. I actually like her. I like seeing more of her. I could have sworn Rainbow Girl was part of the nope. team that Earthman put together. Nope. No, others, nope. She was definitely a sub. Uh, she was one of the ones who, who came to the rescue against those people. Uh, those people. Still. No. Still. And who put her there? John's. Yeah. Okay. Right. It was a John story. It's, but at least, at least he's consistent in his own. Yeah. Uh, yeah she's yeah. his character. So he's definitely going to want to use her. Yeah. Well. Sort of his character. Yeah. Well, I yeah, mean, of course, she, it, she pre-existed, his, but but he right. reworked her to 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 like tie her into the whole Green Lantern spectrum thing. That was all yeah, his idea. Right. Yeah, I really which like is what cool, with her. which is why I, which I do like. Yeah, I like that yeah. too. It's the, it's the exact kind of way. Basically, it's a cooler concept than Gold Lantern, is what I'm going to say. Yeah, uh -huh. well, there's that. Um, da, 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 she and the other substitutes came to the aid of Superman and the Legion of Superheroes in okay. their battle against the xenophobic Justice League of Earth. During Blackest Night, 
uh, John stated that she does not fully understand her powers and uses them more for fun. Okay. Hmm. That's neat. And then Zolnar. the third one is another one of those, one of those haven't never heard, um, like appeared once way back in the, in the silver age. So and that's the way to do it. Not. Yeah. Yeah. At le- yeah. I will say this, at least it's not, um, more bring back the eighties. Like it seemed like you did a lot of for right. a while. Yeah. Not just the founders again. Yeah. Yeah. Prody and cause and Saturn girl. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, Hey, one other piece of uh, Legion news, folks, is uh, that Michael checked in. He is on the plane for another two hours and can't talk for obvious reasons, lad. So, uh, oh. so there we there we go. Um, Does that make him sir, not sir not appearing in this podcast? Take lad? a drink. Yeah, he's in he's in airplane mode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So so there's our Legion news. Is basically. Um, um, so this appearance, no, uh, no hints on, uh, the golden age legionnaire yet. No mention of the golden age legionnaire, anything, I would no. imagine. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. But I mean, the fact that they're showing up in the book in some way may, it, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, I'll know in a few weeks when it comes to the DC app. I haven't read it yet. Fair. Yeah. Just like a, I say, I, society. I picked up, a um, my books today and, uh, and uh, oh there they are okay i see them from here i also picked up the hardcover of sebastian o and i'm looking forward to reading that again uh, oh Brent is that Morrison. new or is it just too, oh, very is old new re- oh it's an old reprint i know it's an old series but is it a new reprint or is it an old reprint? um i think it is uh probably a few years old it's uh so it's got sebastian o and the mystery play so it's Does it say vertigo um, oh, that's an excellent question. Wow. It does not say black label. I'll tell you that much. Um, then it's an older. Okay. Yeah. It says vertigo. You're correct. So, uh, okay. I, I, but, but somehow, um, I've never noticed it in the, uh, in the comic store and, uh, and, um, and it was fun to find treasure like that. It was, that, yes. was, that was drawn, that was drawn by, um, Steve I Yol. know his name. There we go. Steve Yule. Yeah. 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 Who he's cool. Uh, this was before he did um, um in, uh, like I think this was them before uh they did they collaborated on Invisibles. Invisibles, right? That's yeah. what he was most known for in North America. Uh, that's true. Yes, you're absolutely right. I know, I, I know him for like Zenith and Red exactly. Seas and a bunch of other th- yeah. British UK stuff. Uh some of which he did with Morrison. Um Indeed. Zenith yeah. was the Morrison Yep, and it also has the mystery play which Morrison did with um, with uh, John J. Muth, and um, which I remember reading at the time and loving, and so I'm looking forward to reading that again with uh, um, just with uh, older eyes, um, and just sort of seeing uh, how I how I experience it this time. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was a it was a win at the comic store today. But as I say, I have not yet uh, had a chance to sit down with the books, and um, and I'm kind of excited any, to. Any Black Friday weekend bargains or just uh, they did nice they did ha- they had a, a Black Friday sale at the store, and uh, it was like a, a you know kind of buy three of anything and get a fourth one free, um, uh-huh. and uh, and I uh, I wish I. 
couldn't I could I I I went I did go downtown to um on on Friday it was like I you know finished work and it was just like all right I'm I'm taking a break I am going to uh go to the comic store I'm going to pick up my books and uh, and they've got this this sale today and I'm going to take advantage of it and I got down there and it's like the uh, local hockey team was playing and they play their arena is in the same mall as the comic store and uh so it's like well no parking downtown and enough <laughs> it's like but you know by the time i actually find a place to park uh, that's uh you know ages away and i'll end up paying what i was going to pay for that that fourth book anyway so so i went right. in today and and spent a good chunk of cash um uh, on stuff and you know what i save there every day they're an awesome store and uh they they give me um you know a great discount uh for my membership and you know for my legacy membership that uh I signed up for almost 20 years ago <laughs> and um and so I I can't really complain can't really complain at all and oh, you uh, could complain but who's going to listen well that's just it and you know the <laughs> the the owner's a friend you know and uh yeah. you know her her oh, kids yeah. are in cubs with uh with, with my kid and uh it's like you know I um like I always say to them when they say when they're like uh do you want to do you want a, a shopping bag for these and I'm like does it have your logo on it and they say no and it's like then no <laughs> yeah because because if I put it in a generic bag then people are like they have no idea what what I'm carrying around if it's got their logo on it they're like Oh, that looks cool. That that looks interesting. I should find that store. And so I figure I'm better off just walking with that stack of comics. And people are like, "Hey, that's a bunch of comics. I wonder where you got those." They'll figure it out from there. So I, I figure, you know, yeah. let's uh, let's show it all off. Let's show it all sense. off, folks. So anyway, um, um, did it? What it? As far as comic book deals. Can eat uh, for for those of us that that did get a comic book deal. Uh, what was your favorite one? So Travis, you mentioned getting some Omnibu. Oh, in the Comicsology. Yeah. Well, what's the one that I was mean, like the 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 one that most had you uh, holding your fist in the air and saying yes? I uh, I mean I. Since I haven't read all of them yet, uh, the thing, <laughs> the thing that was my favorite is the thing omnibus. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> the thing solo series was in an omnibus, and I was like, "That's a book I've I've read the beginning of it, but I've never read the whole series." And uh, I've always been pretty psyched to read it, and so I was very happy to acquire that. Fantastic, Jim. How about yourself? Uh, I didn't get any Black Friday deals this year, but I did get something I would consider a deal at the used bookstore. I got a volume of the Steve Cannon or Steve Canyon uh, a newspaper strip for five dollars. Oh, yeah, uh, seriously. Trying, yeah, uh, it's one of That's the old uh, kitchen sink press reprints too. Yeah, uh, it was like five bucks. It's like volume nineteen, but it, you know, I just really want it for reference, just to just to see the art and stuff. Is that is uh, so, that was that Mitt, uh Milk Caniff? Yep, uh, Terry the Pirates guy. Yep. Oh yeah, fantastic! Yep. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, that was a very cool thing to find, just randomly. That's a win. 
That's five bucks because I think it's from the 80s and I suspect it goes for a few dollars more online. Yeah. Hey, I just looked up Steve Canyon. It started on my birthday, but um, 23 years earlier. Okay. I was going to say, I don't think you're born 47. No, no. It was 23 years before to the day. <laughs> um, Alan, did you get any, uh, any cool comic booky deals? No, I didn't get anything, anything this Black Friday. I didn't really see anything. However, I did, the, I did not that long ago manage to score the Who's Who Omnibus Volume 1 for 50 bucks instead of 150 Amazing. Amazing. It, and it is, it is spectacular, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And then I, um, even I followed the, that even up. Even the spot varnish on the cover, like the way they, they did the... The cover treatment is yeah. beautiful. Uh, love it. Yeah, and I did. I managed to uh, also land the second volume for I think it was yeah for like half price. So for 125, uh, I got both volumes. And, yeah, and I mean that win. is a lot of who's who. Um, yeah, that is enough to do uh, delightful deep dives on characters. Wonderful. You, you can right. really get into there. No way. I, I won't use that word. Um, yeah. Not for the now. best. For the best. It's not it's for not the best. <laughs> All right. Um, so we uh, have an issue to get into. Um, I was thinking I wanted to to go through it, but honestly. Um, right. Um, right. Word, I'll words, do it. I haven't done yeah, it. Words are, words are challenging for me right now. Um, so, yes, if if you could, Jim, that would be that would be wonderful. I will do this one. All right. The rest of us will crack wise. Yes, indeed. Legion of Superheroes 77, 1996, number three. Uh, Journey to the Center of the Mind. We get a really super cool cover uh, with Brainiac's uh, head all big uh, and uh, with a cutout in it where we kind of see the circuitry of his mind. It's like a metaphor. This woman we've never met before uh, is. Uh, Apparently inside his mind. I think, did we briefly meet her in a previous issue? No, I don't think so. I think I, I, I don't know, but I got to say she would be in my mind too. So yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this, this issue is. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just come out and say it. Boobs. Yeah. Boobs. <laughs> yeah. That is definitely the, uh, the male idealized version. Uh, is hey now. Hey not now. all males. Well, not all, not all, not all. No, not, not all, all men. But, <laughs> no. but but this man. Yes. This this man, well, the, this Mo is uh, looked at it and said, and saw Journey to the Center of the Mind and immediately flashed back to uh, uh, to Ted Nugent and the Amboy Dukes. Oh, nice. Uh, their song. Yeah, that's Come song. along if you dare. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yep. And I oh. presume this yeah, is an I, Alan I, Davis. I'm just so. glad because... Up to now, I, I have, Alan, uh, had um, what have I done to deserve this stuck in my head since you mentioned it earlier. And now I've got the Amboy Dukes in my brain. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. You're welcome. Sorry. We, we need to change thing, things up periodically. Indeed. <laughs> Please, Jim, continue. I was going to say, this is, I believe, an Alan Davis cover. Uh, as, as she is Farmer. Yeah. And Patrick Martin on Colors. She's a giveaway that it's a that it's a, an Alan Davis cover. 
I, I yeah, might the, not have thought shape. that with yeah. with Brainy's face, but it, could she be like she looks like someone like straight out of uh, Excalibur? You're right. She does. She has a. She does have almost kind of a Megan look to her face, right? And um, I mean, and I'll be yeah. honest. One of Davis's weaknesses is I think a lot of his female characters kind of looks the same. Well, and there you go. I think a lot of his male <laughs> characters look the same too, <laughs> truthfully. All right, guys, save it for when we do uh, Superboy's Legion. Yes. <laughs> I will not have any negative words spoken about Alan Davis. <laughs> He's like, you get Alan Davis's name out, out your, of your mouth. mouth. <laughs> All right, we open. It's a, we're on Tacron Galtos, the, a maximum security penitentiary <laughs> orbiting the outermost reaches of the Sol system. Uh, this con, uh, controversial United Planets facility is renowned for its emphasis on punishment over rehabilitation, the Encyclopedia Galactica. Interesting, this is in the Sol system. I'm not sure if we ever knew that uh, in previous versions of the uh, of the prison planet. No, uh, I don't believe so. Uh, if if my memory is functioning correctly, and being that I'm old, that is not necessarily the case. Uh, I, but I am pretty sure this is the first time that we've ever heard that Tacron Galtos is in the Sol system. I, I was always of the impression that it was much farther away. Well, I thought it was like Tacron Galtos was the name of a planet on some far yeah. star. Yeah, that's what I mean. It was a, uh, that it was a Tacron Galtos was called the prison planet. Right. So, yeah, I don't. I think you are right, sir. All right, so we are inside, and we see a welcome mat saying, "Welcome to Tacron Galtos, safety first. We got a guard Wait. saying, "Welcome, a oh, welcome, Matt. Wait, where's Matt? Matt, who? <laughs> Wait a second. Welcome, Matt. Oh. Sorry." Mm-hmm. They kind of uh, look um, very Judge Dread, don't they? A little bit. They got the like the the little cutout eye v, uh, v shape, like a like a Dread it, helmet. It's yeah. it's either Judge Dread or like the um, Ice Warriors in Doctor Who. So they remind me of Alpha Centurion. There you go. We got the him character here. find of 1994. Yes, indeed. <laughs> His legacy lives on. <laughs> All right, we got the guard saying, state your business. And a woman is walking up saying, I have an appointment with Warden Crichton. The other guard says, keep your hands in plain sight and step into the portal. Uh, she walks into the uh, entrance and uh, automated voice says, state your state identification, citizenship, and planet of origin. And she says, Nara Minsork, unaffiliated Titan. And uh, the computer says, scanning. We see it say, no weapon detected. Uh, then it jams some very uncomfortable looking uh, eye scanners uh, onto her face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's screaming, ah, and the, and the voice says, Titan Records, 47 outstanding warrants. You will not be permitted to leave. And uh, then it starts spraying her with, I guess, disinfectant. And she's coughing and says, override arrest code Delta 23. The voice says, arrest canceled, disinfecting. You may now enter the facility. Enjoy your stay. She comes out coughing, and off panel, someone says, uh, Minsorik. How are we going to, how is this pronounced? Minsorik. It must be it. Minsorik. Minsorik. Such an yeah. awkward name. 
<laughs> yeah, it is. But it seems familiar. Like I've, like it showed up somewhere before, but I can't find where because I'm googling it right now. So, hmm. but I'm not finding anything. All right, so she's come out, and the warden is there, flanked by guards, and we can also see some prisoners in the background. And she says, "Warden," and the warden says, "The uh, arrest override I gave you work all right." She says, "Yes, sir. Thank you." Don't. You're going to earn it. This bird's outsmarted the best interrogators. Uh, and she says, I don't anticipate any trouble, sir. And he says, well, I do. If I'm caught using an underground telepath, uh, a rule breaker, there goes my career. Hmm. Pretty, pretty lousy job of uh, scraping uh, that Psy ID from your face, by the way. And we, we do see that there's like a, a oh, yeah. thing on her face that looks like a faded Saturn symbol. He says, anyway, the president herself is leaning hard on me to get this creep story. So I'm screwed either way, unless you succeed. And so are you. She says, what? That override code transmitted your location to the science police on Titan. If there's anything they hate, it's a freelance telepath. Uh, do the job and you can leave before they get here. Botch it and well. And the guards have pulled guns on her. And she says, Grife, I had a feeling. All right, let's get this over with. Uh, where is he? And we discover they are standing in front of the cell holding Brainiac 5, who is sitting contemplatively in the uh, thinker pose, you know, because he's got a big brain. It's a very, very subtle, very <laughs> subtle uh, reference. And uh, Warden says, there's your man. Name's Brainiac 5. The rest is for you to find out. And she says, a Kaluan. Might not have to be a Kaluan. And we get the title finally, and it says, lock up. Uh, your guides of the 30th century are Tom Payer, co-plotter scripter, uh, Tom McCraw, co-plotter color, colorist, uh, Lee Motter, Motor, Penciler, uh, Ron Boyd Inker, uh, Pat Brosso, uh, uh, letterer, and Mike McCavney as uh, trustee, <laughs> and Casey Carlson as warden. Uh, I get it now. <laughs> All right, so they enter into the cell, and the warden says, uh, and an arrogant Kaluan is, he is, hasn't acknowledged anyone since he got here. He just sits and thinks. Hmm. He says, imagine that. Hmm. Uh, and he says, don't get intimidated. I don't want to hear any excuses about the complex Kaluan mind. I'm paying for results, so get busy. She says, don't worry. I've done Kaluans before. Not the easiest, but not, but not impossible. Has she? Hey, now. <laughs> and he says, just do it. She says, quiet. Most humanoid consciousness is like a lake on a calm day. Telepath can submerge gradually and get used to it bit by bit. But a Kaluan's mind, is a, it's a whirlpool of ideas. You just have to brace yourself and jump in. So she puts her hands up in the universal symbol. I'm using my mind powers. Uh, and we see her uh, make some sort of connection with Brainy. She's immediately sucked into his mind palace. I think the a, universal symbol of mind powers is that you put your your hand to your temple, your fingers to your temple. Oh, yeah, but yeah. she's just trying to keep up, right? Well, this is um, true, though. Yeah. yeah, but but what I like is the is the fact, and it, I mean, it deserves noting because given the time, like we, you know, something like this is easily done now, but that fade in colors, um, right. you Color know, sort on of the, on the blacks. Uh -huh. Well, it's that, and it's just like the the fact that the the colors are are more faded than normal. Like they're not as as vivid, and uh, they really kind of pull back, and they actually look 
um, you know, it's like there's a white layer over them, right? You know, sort of a white layer, sort of 10% opacity. That's the way we would do that now, right? Right. But but then they they couldn't. <laughs> and uh, and that's what makes it all the more impressive is the fact that we get that and jump in and the color shifts, like the color, that sort of color balance um as such, um, shifts into this sort of um maybe faded isn't the word maybe clouded or or whatever but like the colors around her like the crystals and that circuitry are vivid yeah but right. she is not and uh and and i i think that that was more of a a feat of the technology of the time um you know whereas now that that would be a very a very very simple thing it's kind of like uh you know a lot of movie special effects where it's like uh you know a a, a kid with after effects can uh can knock that out whereas you know before it was like you know super cutting edge technology um and uh, and i think noting the, the 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 effects that they were getting at the time uh it's it's impressive anyway so i'll get to say yeah, and as you say, in that really cool panel where we get the uh, crystals and the the digital clock, yeah, uh, symbols and uh, other like circuitry patterns and such, she comes flying in and she's immediately overwhelmed. And we get another kind of cool panel where everything cuts to red. Uh, they also uh, so like make her line black lines more red. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and she's just she's having trouble concentrating, and she starts hearing a voice calling uh, Minsork, Minsork. And it's the warden shouting at her, saying, Minsork, what's the matter with you? She's saying, it's too much all at once. Get in there. She's yelling, give me a minute. That's no ordinary Kaluan. Even they can't run simultaneous thought patterns. It's like a, uh, a squad, squad, squatting meteor shower in there. If I can just, he says, if you can what? Look, look at you. You're already a wreck already. You're, you're a wreck already. And Brainiac 5 hasn't even flinched. If you're not up to this, tell me now. And she says, I can do it. And it's just a matter of isolating one consciousness and stream and jumping on. And he says, I don't care how, just Warden, if you'll shut up and let me concentrate for a second, I can do this. She goes back in. She's zooming around. She's finally got some semblance of control. She's saying, yes, I'm in. But there's no time to celebrate. I've got to keep track of these consciousness streams without getting sucked in. An idle memory, a stray notion, could flatten me. Better set down on his un- unconsciousness. Things seem quieter here. In most minds, this would be the busy section. But this is uh, not most minds. Let's see if I can provoke a recollection. And she is now, like, flashing back to Rainy as a child. And she says, oh, God, it's an early childhood trauma. He's humanoid after all. We see Brainy playing with blocks. And apparently he's... Put together E equals MC squared. Mm-hmm. Another, another very subtle jab at how how smart he this baby may be. Uh, the robot uh, uh, handlers are saying nourishment period. Subject will cease uh, cease present activities and receive nourishments. Brainy baby says in a moment. I think and, it's uh, kind of funny that on the sides of those EMC blocks, it's bah. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, and and the fact that the robot looks very much like Elron. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it also kind of has a little bit of a feel of um 
what was Superman's robot at that time? Kelex or something? Kelex, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. She says, robot babysitters? That is cold. What kind of people would do this? And uh, she's watching on. Other Kaluans come in and they say, feeding time for the freak. Rain, rain your tongue. Manage correctly. Little Brainiac will assure us a lifetime console seats. She says, politicians, I should have guessed. But why single him out for this treatment? I'll trace this memory and be, I will trace this memory strain to the beginning. Uh, let me see what appears to be a Brainiac and a more classic looking one in a purple ju- pink jumpsuit. And he says, this is my ancestor, Vril Dox the first. And uh, she says, that voice, who? Because apparently she can hear this narration. I am the subliminal essence. Grife, even his subconscious, uh, is as dry and methodical as a documentary vid. Vril Dox the first served the computer tyrants who ruled Kaluo circa the third millennium. She says, he turned against his own people to serve machines. And we, we see him experimenting on his own people. And uh, the voice continues, yes, and they rewarded him by raising his intellect two full degrees to a previously unheard of 12th level. Uh, he, sum- he summarily fled Kalu, uh, Kalu and established his own reign of terror as Brainiac, the notorious interplanetary criminal of the era. Uh, his 12th level intelligence was passed down to his son, Vrildox II, of the Brainiacs, and of course we see Varel yes. in his costume. Uh, and this is who deposed the tyrants and found the law and founded the law enforcement agency LGION. And uh, to his son Lyral, uh, Lyral, who, yeah. who wrested control of Legion from his father while still an infant. We see him as a baby and the uh-huh. whole stuff that went on in Rebels, I assume. There is all sorts of stuff that happened in Rebels, and folks, you can hear that all on our recently completed LEGION podcast that is on this very feed. Many years passed before before the before the bloodline uh, resettled on the homeworld, and we kind of see uh, various Kaluans shocked at the arrival of a. We can only assume one of the uh, Brainiac descendants, uh, and toiled for the interplanetary interests. Uh, secretly loathed uh, by the jealous normals we served, we were nonetheless treated as royalty or state property. Until the Brainiac Four scandal and the government's subsequent destruction of all related records, see a clue in hand uh, deleting what's being called the Brainiac Four files. Mm. Uh, despite my innocence, I was an infant then. Scandal did not enhance my standing. And we see a uh, more blue than green Kaluan saying, uh, what do you think you're doing? Because we see baby Brainy has disassembled one of his robot uh, robo-sitters. And he says, those care bots cost 40,000 discs apiece. What are we going to do with this little freak? And the other Kaluan says, all we can do, keep innocent Kaluans away from him. The voice returns saying, innocent Kaluan. That phrase triggers another disturbing memory. Each night, my people shared the day's harvest of their knowledge by joining their minds to the sleep net. All Kaluans regarded it as the most stimulating and enriching part of life. And uh, she says, all but one. And uh, the voice says, it bored me half to death. And we see Brainy (laughs) also plugged in and just absolutely miserable. 
She says, all those nights awake and restless, where did that mind of yours wander to? Uh, and then uh, a big figure comes up out of Brainy's subconscious, and uh, she is surprised by this. Um, actually, what happens is she touches his forehead, and it causes this image to appear. And the brain, and the voice says, "No, don't." And the and the uh, the sudden shock of it knocks her back out of uh, Brainy's mind. She once again falls down on the floor, and the uh, warden is saying, "Vinsork again." She says. Ugh, the little creep bounced me. I dug too hmm. deep. Morton says, spare me the excuses. Just get the squedging job done or the Titanians will be bouncing you into a cell, into a five by five cell. And uh, she's getting mad at him and she says, oh, shut up. And she, she uh, telepathically blasts him, which stops him from talking, freezes him up. And uh, she reaches into her cape. She pulls out a cube and she says, thinks to herself, thanks for the excuse to shut this, uh, to shut you down, jerk. This is a job for the mind grabber, but I'd rather you didn't know that. A uh, penalty for tech-assisted telepathy is permanent mental shutdown, which also happens to be the uh, very risk the subject runs. So yeah, she's got a device that I guess will enhance her uh, telepathic abilities, uh, but it's dangerous or the one it being used on. So she places it upon him and she goes back inside and now she's all armored up. Psychic armor. And uh, she's saying, think she's saying, but it's worth it. I feel invincible and about a trillion times more perceptive. I can even classify memories just by looking. It seems it, our mister. Does that, it, does that like face plate thing around her uh, look kind of Jean Grey ish from around yeah. this time? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty popular like, yeah, design choice on a lot of different characters at the time. I think, well, even even uh, even even um, Leviathan, his headgear is very similar. Yeah, well, not yeah. not anymore. Right, she he, uh, got embarrassed by it. All right, she says it seems our Mister S or Mister S our Mister Five here doesn't attach a, a, a emotional significance to much of his life. His next outburst. Uh, his next outburst occurs right about here, his 11th year. And we see Brainiac uh, as, a, as an 11-year-old, and he's working with a big machine. Off panel, someone's shouting, Brainiac 5, stop. You know the law. No energy experiments without a safety review. Uh, fine. Don't listen. I know how you, to get your attention. Guards. Uh, she's thinking, Greif, smartest species known, and he sees them as apes. Uh, and he, Brainy's getting dragged away by the robot guards. He's yelling, no, don't be stupid. I'm at a critical phase. If you shut it down now, it'll, um, we actually, oh, right. We actually see what Brainy sees and he's in the Kaluans look literally look like apes. And, uh, one of them is shouting, take him away, activating shutdown sequence. And, uh, the council explodes with a big, Room, room, room. It's a close thing to yeah, a, that's, uh, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of like Will Wheaton and and you know and, and weapons and it's room, room, room. There you go. Yeah, so the council blows up in the one clue, blue clue's face while the other one's shouting ah, and he's even more ape-like than he was previously, and he's going no, he's dead. You little freak, you killed him. 
and Brainy Smirkin saying, no, you did. I warned you. And I might add that to the, re- uh, and I might add the reaction is still building. And Kaluan says, then stop it, release him. Oh, then stop it. And he shouts to the robot, release him. And uh, Brainy comes over and says, I couldn't begin to explain it in the limited time your meddling has given me. And uh, He says, a simple laser torch. What good will that do? I think that a simple laser torch comes first. And then Brainy's res- responding to him and he says, I couldn't begin oh. to explain it. Yeah, it makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, and then Brainy continues, you'll just have to trust me. So he cuts a pipe. And the entire, uh, whatever he was working on, gets ejected into the sky where it explodes with a big waboom. Take a drink. All right. Take a drink for That's a waboom. close enough. <laughs> so we cut to a uh, board meeting with other Kaluans, and the Kaluans are saying, I said we should have ended the Brainiac program after what four did. And another says, don't mention that name. Let's just concentrate on getting rid of five before he obliterates Kalu. Uh, and another even says, unfortunately, UP law uh, forbids us to sell him, but nothing <laughs> says we can, can't give him away. And another says, don't be an imbecile. Who could possibly want him? And smash cut to Brand Industries, uh, where uh, RJ is uh, greeting Brainy, saying, welcome to Brand Industry, son. He, Brainy says, thank you, Mr. Brand. Now, if you'll show me to my lab, he says, by damn, not much for an, uh, for office chatter, are you? I like that, I tell you. With your brains and my money, we're really going to blow the galaxy wide open. See Brainy working in a lab. It looks like he hasn't even unpacked yet. And basically, just by typing on a computer, he causes a massive explosion with a big boom. And Brand is saying, Sigh, this is the fourth lab you've gone through. Fifth, sir. As much as I hate to admit it, son, I can't afford you. But I have found you an internship at the Time Institute's training center on Talus. So Brainy's been shipped off to Talus. And uh, what's her name? Is this, saying? The first time, is this the first time we've seen Talus um, post uh, in the reboot? Because Talus was where they were. They ended up putting Legion headquarters. Right. During B4. And then yeah, the yeah. Five years later. Was that always the location? I don't think that was always the location of the Time Institute. I don't, I don't no. think we heard of Talus before that. Yeah, ta- uh, Time Institute was almost always on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, so, so Talus have, was. Yeah. They have shown the Time Institute in the reboot, but they never yes, saw I mean, the it. Yes, Talus itself um, wasn't the location. Yeah. Yeah. No, it no. was definitely on Earth because that's yeah. that's where uh, and Talos and, was uh, something we didn't see until I believe, and Michael will correct us when he hears this. Um, but Talos was something I don't remember hearing of before the, uh, um, before the Legion made their headquarters there in uh, Volume Four at the beginning. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember remember it either. Yeah. Although since my Google foo is fairly strong right now, I can. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, nope. First appearance is indeed um, the. It was indeed in the five year later. Um, there you go. Yep. About sixty three issues prior. 
So okay. Legion so Volume Four, Number Fourteen. So it is. It is being uh, entrenched further into the mythos. Yes, indeed. Yeah. All right. Or, or in some ways, you could call this a call this a new take on an old place. Take a drink. Of course, we're also getting a brand new Brainy Origin, so probably take a drink for that too. Oh my god! Uh, so Good thing anyway, I used she, off the bourbon. Oh, oh. So she's saying a time. Excellent. I'm getting close. And uh, Brandy picks up a communicator, and Brand is there, and he's saying, "Mr. Brand," and Brand is saying, "Son, the Legion's waiting for you." You've got to take this draft notice seriously. And she says, Grife, another dead end. I don't have any more time to waste. I'll just skip over a few impressions of uh, his Legion career. Uh, we basically see uh, all the Legionnaires, and Brandy is very separated from all of them, feels apart. And uh, she picks up on his emotions of boredom, distraction, annoyance, jealousy. Um, jealousy of... Uh, Basically, of um, visible kid, uh, and then fascination with um, the, um sorry, uh, Andromeda and grief. And we see the statue of Andromeda, and she says, Grief, you had a crush on Andromeda, she died. This could be it. Did he develop time travel in order to undo her death? Scanning, no, it doesn't quite feel that way, but her death did stir up forgotten emotions, not necessarily unpleasant ones. I can just home in on them, isolate them. She's flying through his uh, his uh, circuitry parts of his mind, and she says, mm. I'm in. Sticks out like a homing beacon. One pleasant memory in this whole mind. And this is it? The last time he felt good was the day he was born? And we are back on Kalu, and we see the two Kaluans we've been following uh, through the story, and one of them is saying, It's a miracle. The other says, what a fine child. Surely the work of superior genes. Uh, and we see uh, Brainy as a baby and who we can assume is his mother saying, I suppose, if you like that sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, the, the one clue says, Brainiac 4, you must stay in bed. You just had a baby. She says, you take him. It's probably as you take him. You probably feel as much for him as I do. He says, what? Where are you going? Away. But you can't leave. Kalu owned, uh, I keep doing that. Kalu needs Brainiac 4. That's not my problem. And she just walks out the door and leaves. And Kalu says, she can't do this. Her mind is Kalu, 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 Kalu's most uh, important commodity. And uh, the other one says, let her go. We still have Brainiac 5. And we're back to the telepath. I just, just want to take a moment here. Um, this is actually the first time that we've had the idea that a woman was part of that lineage. Was Brainiac 4? Yeah. yeah was before, it was always, um, you know, if you go back to um, my my first actual Superboy in the Legion of Superheroes issue 256, uh, where um, they kind of do the this is your life Brainiac 5, and they... Uh, go through the lineage and his father was clearly Brainiac 4. Right. And um, so this is the first time that we've had it set out that, hey, it, it is a woman that is in the lineage here. And um, and that is that is not something that has been done to this point. Um, I'll also note that um, 
this first panel of this of page twenty, uh, the uh, the little um, curl on um, on Brainy's head uh, is reminiscent of the earlier image of his ancestor Brainiac. Uh, when yes. when we see Vrildox the first uh, back on page um, uh, eleven, um, uh, I'm not sure exactly um, six, seven, eight. Yeah, page eight. Um, before he gets his, uh, you know, Brainiac um, um, skull cap. Um, it, you know, it is, it is reminiscent of that. So that's kind of a neat, um, sort of artistic tick with that, um, with, with how he will look. And, uh, we, you know, we kind of get the humanity, you know, they, they show the nipples on the baby, right? Um, right. Oh, the humanity. Very <laughs> much a symbol of humanity, right? Uh, it is a symbol yeah. of, of, um, a, a mammal's birth, Right. And um, and and uh, knowing that there is a, um, I mean, Brainiac has a, you know comes with a lot of things, right? Uh, originally, Brainiac was an android, and that's just what we knew from the Silver Age through to um, through to the end of the Crisis was that Brainiac was an android. And then we got a new version of Brainiac, the Burn introduced in in Vrildox, um, who, you know, there was the whole Milton Fine mentalist thing uh, that got taken over by by this alien entity. Wait, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. So Green Brainiac was introduced by Burn. Um, I mean, Brainiac uh, was no. always green. Yeah, uh, it, was a, it was an android. Silver Age Brainiac was green. Because when I think um, ro- when I think when I when I think robot uh, brainiac, I think of the one with like the, the like the segmented head. Yeah, like uh, yeah, that well, that was a redesign. and go back that go was back a redesign um, in the eighties. That was okay. Back, that was an eighties redesign. The, okay. Oh, super right. robot. Yeah, but yeah, but like the idea of like the three dots um, that we see in in Vril Docs back on uh, on page nine. Um, right. It, you know, is is very much sort of as a tribute to the original uh, android Brainiac. Uh, okay, but the, I didn't, the I didn't idea real, I didn't being, real, I, didn't real, I didn't realize he was an, a full android all that far back. I thought he was bio. He, no, he, he was. He was completely. He was a robot before. I believe um, it was his second appearance. The first appearance, they don't, they don't actually go into details. As a matter of fact, in his first appearance, I do know this: Kurt Swan drew the cover. I don't mm-hmm. remember the issue, um, and he looked the way that that we typically see him. Right. But the artist on the inside, who I think was Al Plastino, um, drew him differently. Or maybe mm, was, interesting. Maybe it was Wayne Boring, but um, he looked more like more humanoid. Yeah, the dots on his head. There, it wasn't a three dot pattern, but it was a uh, no. You're almost right. Like a yeah, it was a kind of circuitry looking. Um, and that was the idea of it was, yeah. was it was, he was meant to look like, you know, like a, a, he was actually made, made to look more like a cyborg was the idea. But, but so that, but the three dots version that they did of this real, uh, that burned did of this was to give it a reminiscence of the original 
if not an yeah. exact copy of the original. But the clear thing was was that um, that Real Docs from Kalu in this case uh, now. Okay, Milton Fine was a guy on Earth right. that ended up getting taken over by this alien entity, Real Docs, and uh, and that led us into the whole computer tyrants thing that happened in in Invasion. And um, and in the first eight issues of of Legion, um, which you can hear distilled right here on this feed, folks. Um, but yeah, let, me, let me see if memory serves. Milton Fine original first appearance. Um, he was possessed uh, because Vril Docs in was working. He was either working with or was on or, or was working under the computer tyrants of Colo. Yeah. Who, um, he did some experiment that dis, um, that basically uh, disintegrated his body. Yeah, his you know, Alan, Alan. What would make yeah. this easier was if we had um, both omnibus of omnibi of uh, who's who in our hands, and uh, we could compare and contrast the who's who entries of both versions of Brainiac. Um, oh, don't tempt me. Yeah, well, you'll get, you'll have yours soon. You'll be able to play that game. Um, oh no, I have them. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, well, no, what, I got what, them a what, while are, what are we playing then? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, the, <laughs> so the whole deal was. Um, so a, Jim, let me just tell you Super, this: it's all Pulsar Stargrave. That's what I was going to get. Right. That's it's what all Pulsar Stargrave. Okay, after <laughs> Superman's, yeah, after Superman's Return to Earth, they did the Brainiac. They did the the bit where um because Perez was involved in this, yes. where Brainiac made um Brainiac genetically altered Milton Fine's body to look Kaluan, and this is the look that you see here in yeah. this. And um, and and, and, and I, I will say this there look. I have many criticisms of the burn era. But the the oh, way yeah. I mean, but I mean the way he handled Superman's villains, you know, like uh, the way he did Luthor, uh, was I, perfect. I hate the way I liked Burns. It. I liked Burn. Yeah, I I actually liked a lot of what Burn did. I just didn't like his, you know, the fact that he wiped out uh, the Legion connection. And that's exactly it. Yeah, um, but. But, but I can't like, I can't I can't forgive the aura. The yeah, aura I think and the aura and and the he can he has to be the absolute last Kryptonian. There can be no other Kryptonians. Um that's right. was 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 like, wow, let's just remove a lot of fun. The convoluted um, the convoluted shit around Supergirl. Oh my god, seriously. Yeah. But but, but anyway, uh, but anyway, the way he handled the villains. Perfect. Yeah. And the three dots thing, this is around the same time that the Superman animated series was either just starting to come out or it was uh, under production. And that's where those three dots came in for Brainiac. The three dots in the triangle. triangle Oh, my God. That that was Brainiac right there. And Um, you know what? If you're tapping into the Timverse, you're doing something right. Um, That's right. Yeah, and uh, but at any rate, but this idea of uh, moving to the um, and and it's interesting because 
we have this kind of idea of really making Brainiac more organic. And then, of course, we would get the Legion cartoon, which would be all about making him an android. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brainiac right? 5 became much more cyborg-y until... Yeah. Did, didn't he get uh, transformed more, like Pinocchio style, into a real boy or something at the I end don't of the series? I seem to recall that that happened at the end of the series. Talking about Matrix? I'll have to double check. No, no, I'm talking about... Um, I'm talking about... Brainiac fight in the Legion of Superheroes cartoon. Uh, oh, the, in the two cartoon. season one. Yeah, right, the two yes. season one. If I remember right, at the very end of it, he is transformed. Uh, basically, all of his cyborg parts get like removed somehow, and he becomes strictly uh, humanoid, organic. Yeah, I haven't I had a chance to watch that yet. I, I finally got a hold of it, um, as we talked about a while back, and still haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it. Um, so I've never yeah. seen any of the second season. Um, I'm oh, looking forward to it. Yeah. Anyway, well, speaking, so speaking sorry. Brainiac Five and yeah. others and stuff. I did also happen to note that um, I looked back at the old Secrets of the Legion of Superheroes miniseries. Yes. Um, oh, yes. There is, and they show the different Brainiacs in there too, and they're all. All of his all ancestors dudes. in the show are all dudes, all and dudes. we know we do know that um, that Brildox's son in this was his was named Pran, and his grandson was K A J Z. So Kajin. Yeah, that's Kajin? right. We actually got that that lineage given to us, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, this is a, a departure from that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Take a drink yeah. for that. And not the last, not no. the last at all. I've always found it a bit goofy. Just, just another aside, just to add it to the pile. That yeah. uh, there managed to be three Brainiacs in the 20th century, uh, and then a thousand years passed, and then there were two more. Which, uh, always struck well, me as a bit but odd. then if uh, you know, if you think about it as a as a title given, as opposed to a name. Because right. his name but is Coral Dox, right? Uh, it seems it, to be a genetic lineage, though. It does seem to be. They they have played it off as a bra- as a as a lineage because Vril Dox um, in L E G I O N was Brainiac two, and right. and um, right. and um, and Lyril was Brainiac three. So right. we get what we get two more over the next thousand years. You're right. Yeah. You're right, but sir. <laughs> I seem to recall um, this was, I think, early volume, uh, early five years later, Legion, right. um, that there's a reference to some or some Terran guy who was so smart that they make reference to he was offered the Brainiac honorific and refused it. Right. The, like, I think that was the explanation there is that it was yeah. an honorific that they just dropped for right. a thousand years. And then his then uh, mm, Coral's father picked it back up. And that was the explanation of why it was such a gap. I yeah. always just thought they're long lived. It's just that was just, the way it was played originally, Jim. Uh, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, it was originally it. meant to be that that idea that, uh, well, Kaluans live longer. Right. right. Especially because Brainiac won was an android brainiac two was the human brainiac two was the human son in quotes right um real docs and then remember he mentions just uh just real son and real's grandson and then quarrel 
so yeah, literally four four brainiacs over the course of a thousand or four four organic Kaluans over the course of a thousand years. So it was always just kind of an yeah. odd thing. I mean, I like the name Brainiac Five, and I wouldn't want him to change it like Brainiac Fifteen or something stupid <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, like the Grant Morrison character from uh, from the the uh, DC One Million Hardiac. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, the opposite of uh, yeah the the Superman of the 153rd century. His love interest is. Uh, some kind of weird, weird ass Kaluan emotional android instead of logical named Hartiak. H E A R T I A C. <laughs> Look at that sometimes. That's kind of weird. It sounds like a Morrison thing to do. Um, yes, I was, so a, I was always a bigger fan of Brainiac 6 from Kingdom Come, who was the daughter of Supergirl and Brainiac 5. Oh, I, I saw her referred to as XTC. Hmm. And also Brainiac's daughter. I think that I think that all of those names were used. That was in, out of Kingdom Come, right? Yeah, yeah. that's out of the Kingdom Come. Yeah, I think she's called Brainiac's daughter. They don't explicitly say she's a Supergirl's daughter, but I think it's heavily implied. Yeah. Hmm. Um, also known as XTC. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's correct. I remember yeah. someone talking about that on the show uh, uh, eight years ago. Yeah, so so of course it, she couldn't see. That's the thing is, it's implied she's Supergirl's daughter, but at the time Supergirl didn't exist, uh, and Matrix was in the future with clone Superboy, so that was just kind of the workaround. Well, yeah, I, I think there was no. I'm pretty. Sh- I, I'd have to dig out my my uh, book with the notes in it, but I think that it was confirmed somewhere off. Never on panel, but because, but then again, they never named her on panel. Um, but I believe it was confirmed that she was the daughter of Supergirl and Brainiac 5. Yeah. That, uh, who went back in time. Hmm. All right. Back to the comic. I just wanted oh, to... We were uh, reading a comic? Yeah. The word, we are we, we got tangent. What? Welcome to Tangent Cast. Take it. I will... I will just point out real quick. It's interesting that Brainiac Four is as detached and emotionally detached as uh, all the other Brainiacs. Apparently, being twelfth level intelligence makes you a douche. Yeah, I think it well, makes you not think about other things. Yeah, I thought that was heaven. Yeah, she has no interest in motherhood. She is walking out that door to get cigarettes, and she will not be back. <laughs> <laughs> Go the store for a gallon of milk. <laughs> a gallon of milk means you were killed. That's that's what that means. Oh, okay. Yeah, cig- cigarettes means you left. Milk means you got murdered because you're a bad dad. Okay. Uh, the community oh, took care right. of you. But oddly <laughs> enough, you know, this is that she was walking out. She's she's barefoot there, which means that at some point she had, you know, you can't sing. You can't sing about these boots are made for walking, even though she looked kind of. <laughs> Like she should be wearing <laughs> like yeah. Although there are no boots in evidence. And that's just what they'll do. And one of these daisies don't, will be don't. on my feet so I can walk out on them all around around. Done. 
All right. So now that's all stuck in my head. You're welcome. Yes. All right. So she is now checking the mind of the baby and the the memory baby. And she's saying, uh, this is his memory of this. His last piece, his initial trauma is so cold, so objective. What did Brainiac the infant feel at that moment? He looks out and he sees an image of a woman. He says, oh, lords, he's forgot already. Then this is the memory. This is what drove him. The Kaluans expunged all records of Brainiac 4. No one even knows if she's alive. Time travel is the only way. And we finally see Brainiac 5 himself as like a big figure. Saying, to see my mother's face. Congratulations, Naramasuk. You got what you came for, of course. I can't let you leave with it. So she's basically discovered that he has been working on time travel just so they can go back in time and see his mother's face. She says, just try and stop me. Brainiac splits into five. And he's saying, that's not very difficult for someone with complete mental control. Uh, You're not untalented, Nara. And not many telepaths could have gotten this far. Of course, you did resort to unethical means. But if you wish to stay, you're more than welcome. I have plenty of room here, as you can see. And he's uh, he's gesturing, and she's going, ooh, take your squagging memory. Thank you. And so she hands it over. And he says, you know, I'd, supp- I'd suppress this for a reason. I'd be very annoyed with you for digging it up. Uh, if for a moment, if I thought for a moment that you were getting away with it. And uh, we cut back to the real world, and we see... Uh, her getting dragged away by guards and the warden saying, take that failure away. She says, I've been in your mind, warden. I know your crimes. I'm taking you down with me. He says, you don't scare me, you uh, cheap hustler. This is my prison. I'm not afraid of any. Uh, and uh, Brainy looks up and says, boo. And uh, the warden goes, ah, as he's startled. Brainy says, barbarous facility. It won't even let you think straight. He goes back to his thinking position. And we see in two weeks, uh, Shrinking Violet fights alone in Legion yeah. of Heroes 34. And the next month, the Fatal Five in Legion of Superheroes 78. So that was a pretty interesting issue. I mean, we get a look at Brainy's history in this continuity and kind of the things that drive him. I, I think so. You know, and again, it's uh, it's a, a different version of his origin. And, and as someone who came into the Legion with one of his origins. It's kind of neat. Um, but also we got some, you know, we got to see, uh, I think motor got to have a little fun. Um, oh, yeah. With, uh, with these backgrounds and everything. And, um, and, and so that's always, always neat. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so I, I looked it up, uh, mm-hmm. cause I've got the, uh, Whatever the crap this book is called, uh, the comics, the comicology book that they put out uh, with all the background information on Kingdom Come, mm-hmm. uh, way back in the day, and Brainiac's daughter. Uh, this is all the this had the Alex Ross's design sketches and Mark Wade uh, just explaining things. Uh, so it says new character, daughter of Quirrell. Quirrell Vox, alias Brainiac 5, and Linda Danvers, alias Supergirl, member of Superman's Justice League. Brainiac's daughter was named by Alex Ross for a song recorded by the Dukes of the Stratosphere. The group is also responsible for the catchy 
you're really super supergirl and it's better known guys as XDC. Yeah, yeah. Dukes of Stratosphere was a a side project that they did in uh in the late 80s where this was around the time of the whole Paisley underground scene and uh so they they put out I actually found this record finally um a couple of years back and it's fantastic but it was basically them kind of doing a side project where they were like what if we were a psychedelic band and uh and we were called the dukes of the stratosphere and so they recorded this album basically as if they were this other band and that and that was one of the things on it and um and it, it's a great record i highly recommend it um I don't know that they'll stick in your mind as much as what have I done to deserve this, but no. um, it's good XTC. stuff. Is that so, the same, is that the same band that did Dear God? Yeah, uh, okay. Andy Partridge. So yeah, around yeah. And, and and it's around that around that time. Like it would have been oh, okay, maybe a couple of years earlier, because I think it was around. Um, 83, 84, that they just did this little experiment where it's like, you know, um, uh, Andy Partridge of XTC had this crippling uh, stage fright. And so he didn't want to go out on tour. So to make an excuse, uh, it was like, well, let's do a studio project. And uh, and they did this uh, this psychedelic album. And it's fantastic. Um, you know, really sounds sort of authentic of... Uh, 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 you know, of albums that came out in sort of the 66, 67, um, highly recommended anyway, lots of fun. So um, does that mean that his kid, that, um, let, let, let me, let me, his let wife me. and kids with him, he'd be part of the Partridge family. That's right. Yes, you're correct. Okay. All right. Let me continue this. Uh, the group was, uh, let's see, really super, super girl and better known XTC. And in fact, Brainiac's daughter was herself called XTC in Ross's earliest concept sketches. The artist claims that while the Earth 1 Supergirl and Brainiac 5 of the Legion of Superheroes were a hot item in pre-crisis DCU continuity, he created Brainiac's daughter, complete with flowing blonde hair and a Superman family S crest incorporated into her uniform, purely because the song title led him to wonder how the original Brainiac's green skin and pink and white outfit would look on a female character. Although he said that he's happy to go along with the Legionnaire love story in hindsight. (laughs) That's neat. Isn't that neat? Given that it has been sort of a, a a fan thing for years, but for him, it was just a matter of like, how would that costume look on someone different? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's neat. All right. Um, I have some feedback. Oh, I'll get there. I'll get there. Don't you worry. Um, Wait, some feedback. (laughs) (laughs) But we're all wearing headphones. So, uh, Mm. all right. All right. Mouse pointer. Where are you? There you are. All right. Okay. Uh, From Matthew Elmsley. He says, I use notepad all the time. It just does text. That's all I need. Why would I mess around? Yeah. He says, why would I mess around with word when I just want to be able to type words and sentences? Most posts on the Legion Abstract, which folks, you can find at legionabstract.blogspot.com or you can just follow the the, um, link on our our, uh, homepage. Legion of Substitute Podcasters.com He said, I composed them in Notepad and copied over to Blogger. Now, and he, then he talks about the contacts thing. Oh, 
He says, I used to wear contacts. I stopped because, A, you're only supposed to keep them in for so long, and I found that I still needed to be able to see long distances for the rest of the day after that, and B, my eye problems developed to a point where contacts were no longer the appropriate remedy. But when I was using them, they were fine. I got used to them really quickly. One time I was taking my contacts out, and I lost track of which eye I had done and which eye I hadn't. And I tried to take a contact out of an eye that didn't oh, have one oh. in it anymore. You see, oh. this is, oh. folks, emphasis is mine. Um, but damn. Oh. Um, uh, it, yeah, it didn't have one anymore. He says, I actually pinched the surface of my eye between my thumb and forefinger, Jesus Christ, and tried to pull it away. It didn't hurt. It was just, oh, that isn't right. No, you're right. That is not right. He says, I guess I must have already done that eye. And it was fine. I'm sure you feel better now that you know that. Matthew, I assure you, I have already done the, like, head between the knees thing on this. Don't you worry. Um, But thank you for sharing. Um, Also, let's see here. Oh, it's different. John Wilson, <clears throat> and I don't know the context. <laughs> but uh, and last the week, I know the context. Well, last week, uh, don't don't even joke. Uh, <laughs> they're very different things. Um, last week, I mentioned my friend Scott was looking for this issue of um, Superman where uh, Jor El and Pa Kent met, and. Um, Michael had done some research and uh, and had it done by the end of the episode last week. But I also got uh, from our friend Sal Longo, and I'll get to him in just a moment um, uh, about this. And he he concurred probably the same issue. So I have forwarded the info to my friend Scott, and he's going to uh, run it past his father-in-law and see if that uh, if that gets the gets the old man saying yes, that's the one. Um, Anyway, um, so John Wilson, who I invoked at the time because he had recently done a full reread of of all the Superman, like from Action Comics number one up to um, and beyond Crisis, and um, every issue of Superman and action and, you know, the assorted. Um, and so he says, uh, I read issue six today. I'm narrowing the gap. I don't know what he read issue six of, and I don't know what gap he speaks of, but I love, mm-hmm. I love as always that John reached out because John is just one of the most awesome people who takes so much joy in comics and it's worth mentioning and folks you can uh, check him out at johnreadscomics.com that's j-o-n readscomics.com and uh, and you should check that out because he's an awesome dude um and then um uh sal longo so sal says hey all Wondering if the Pa Kent meets jor comic is Action 283. The story, The Red Kryptonite Menace, very much of its time, right? Like Red Menace, Red Kryptonite Menace? Yeah. Um, 
features Zogar and Jan Dex, two Derlins from the 30th century. You familiar with it? Uh, who are members of the Legion of Super Outlaws. You remember them. They refer yeah, to yeah, they, familiar. they refer yeah. to fellow members, Cosmic King and Lightning Lord. So this must be an alternate name for the Legion of Supervillains, or perhaps, as Paul Levitz would call it, a chronicler's error. I like that. They plan to use Red Kryptonite to destroy Superman, but one of the things it does is give, in this case, is it gives Superman the ability to have his wishes come true. And when he inadvertently wishes that his parents were with him, both sets appear, uh, ca causing the meeting of the Kents and the Ls. Hope this was helpful. What issue was that? It was uh, it was Action Two Eighty Three, and it has this bit where um, where you see Jor El talking to Jonathan, and uh, and he says, "Oh God." Uh, I'm gonna need to hang on. Give me a um, second. It's on. It's on the DCU app. I got it up. Yeah, I'm just yeah, gonna I, I, the bigger. Window. I remember this one. I remember this. My brother had it. Um, yeah, it's got it's got that weird um, Superman. That it was like a crude statue made out of red kryptonite or something. Like a that's bunch right, of red that's kryptonite. That's right. That's right. And so it says. And then it's got a Superman. So it's got Jor El saying to. Uh, to Pa Kent. So you're Jonathan Kent, Superman's foster father. How wonderful to meet you. And you're Jor-El, Superman's real father. I've always wanted to meet you, Jor-El. Real and father, then, huh? And then, well, it just, like, don't even get me started on that, right? Yeah. Um, and then you've got Lara say, but then Lara, she gets it. Uh, sort of. Um, oh, God, no, never mind. <laughs> Fuck. Um, uh, thank, thanks for yeah. thanks for taking care of my son, Mrs. Kent. Thank. Um, tush, Laura. Laura, I just tried to be the real mother you would have been to him. Fuck. Yeah, because that's all. Uh, uh, anyway. Yeah. You think they and, had an odd, odd, odd way of looking at adoption back in the day? Well, maybe, and that's the thing. It's um, you know, it can't be biological, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, and interestingly, he's also got Sherlock Holmes standing next to him, like pondering this whole scene. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no matter. Um, that is. Uh, a possible pick. I have passed this on to Scott and he's going to check it out with his uh, father-in-law. He is very excited to hear that, uh, that we've had people uh, looking into this for him. Um, and he says, also, I've been meaning to send you a list of my top 10 favorite Legion issues uh, for a while now, but life's been hectic. This uh, um, summer saw not one, but two visits to the future site of the Legion Academy. I believe that's Montauk. Um, he says, I thought I'd do something a little different, so I'm including a Stump the Subs question with each pick. Love it! Um, I'm ready. All right. Number one. Adventure Comics 378. 12 hours to live. Five Legionnaires, including Superboy, are poisoned at Brainy's birthday party and die at the end. 
He said, this is the first LSH comic I ever read. It was very young, and it was a few years old at the time, and it was to be continued. It had everything I love, time travel, superheroes, and anti-gravity dancing. By the way, I didn't get to read the conclusion until about 25 years later. Love it. Love it. And and I wonder to myself, um, you know, I've mentioned the tour books uh um legion thing that i have and i just happen to have it right next to me and um yeah it's not in here never mind let's see if you were karate kid goes out and beats up the fatal five by himself i think you're right yeah i think you're right all right uh up next uh oh no wait his question Projectra, thinking she's doomed and abandoned by Val, is in the park feeling sorry for herself when a park bench philosopher comes to feed the pigeons and give Jackie a pep talk. What is his name? (laughs) I have no idea. Fred. Archie. Um, it is in Mort, fact Mort, Mort Weisinger, Chameleon Boy. <laughs> it is in fact Myron Marks. Myron Marks. Um, yeah, no idea. Um, Myron Marks is the park bench philosopher who helped. Uh, Jackie to to face her impending death with calmness and without fear. Um, sure. <laughs> he mentions. He says uh, um, it always seemed to me that Mark's bite might be based on a real person. Any thoughts? I don't have any. So, Michael, I throw this out to you. Um, perhaps you'll have something for us next week because um, it seems the type of thing that Michael will be like, oh yeah, that was like the uncle of uh, of Jeff Marks who was in, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, sure. Who was in Vegas with him gambling as we speak. Um, oh, all right. Maybe he was just related to Groucho. Hey, no. Uh, next up, not Marks with an X, but with a K-S. Oh, okay. All right. Um... Second issue, Superboy 184, One Legionnaire Must Go. Matter Reader Lad appears to be, wait for it, a Legion traitor. Take a drink. Choke. The first Legion comic I got off the newsstand when it came out, and the second Legion story I ever read. I believe this was the first Legion story with Cockrum art. Since all five of the Legionnaires from 12 Hours to Live uh, uh, died at the end, and this story featured three different Legionnaires, for a minute, I thought they'd all really died. Love it. All right, so that is the issue. The question. The story shows three Legionnaires at home. Matter Eater Lad's brother Renkel features prominently, and the Chem's parents are seen briefly. Although they are not mentioned by name, we have met them before. What are their names? If you know Tenzel Chem's parents' names, 
Damn. Uh, nope. Peg and Al. Mr. and Mrs. Kim. There we go. <laughs> you're not. You're not wrong. Uh, Mitch. Wait, did, <laughs> what? Wait. Did we? This isn't the story where Violet dates him, right? So we wouldn't have met them in that story. No. Right. Right. Not Violet. Wait, it was correct. Violet. No, it, you're. I know the story you mean. It's not that, but yeah. It, but I'm saying that's not this story. But that's probably where we met them the first time. It right. was in it was in one of the action comic series stories, um, called no the idea ha- what their names are the hat called the hapless hero, and we met them. They were Mitz and Ral Kem. So, okay. with Al, you know Peg and Al, you know you were you were halfway there. I was close. Um, yeah. All right. Next one, Adventure Comics three hundred twelve. This is a classic wow. story. The uh-huh. Super Sacrifice of the Legionnaires. He said, I first read this in Adventure oh. Comics 403, a giant featuring, featuring the death and return of Lightning Lad saga. I was entranced by the all by all the fantastic science fiction, the mechanical librarian, the science foundation of score, the interplanetary post office. And I was shocked. The Lightning Lad stayed dead at the end of the story because, of course, he was Prody. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, so here are the questions. In the story, we learn of the existence of the planets Yar, Zando, and Zano, among others. How are these planets referenced? How are we learn- so how are they referenced? Hmm. I'm not sure I understand the question. So we learned what's the context that we learned the name. We learned that oh. these three planets existed. In what context did we? Uh, did oh, because we... they were there were three different versions, or they were three three different ways that they were thinking could potentially restore Lightning Lad to life. Right? Didn't because one of them had. I think one of them had that weird sun. Um, another one they went to discover it and they're like, oh no, this is uh the this is more like the the, the rebirth of the Phoenix or something. And where yeah, did the they Phoenix. find them? Um where did they find them? Yeah. You're um, you're right in what you're saying. But yeah, there was a, just some something they were using to read them off. Um they were oh. using the Encyclopedia Galactica? No. <laughs> that oh. didn't happen until Levitz. <laughs> yeah. Which borrowed from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Totally. Mm-hmm. So. Um, okay, you got me. It was the clock of many worlds in the Legion Clubhouse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, Issue number four, Adventure Comics 342, The Legionnaire Who Killed. And I got to say, I I really dig that that he's digging deep into the uh, uh, classic era Legion, like Silver Age Legion. Um, Starboy kills a man in self-defense and goes on trial for violating the Legion code. A good examination of the no-killing code and a nice insight into the personalities of some of the Legionnaires. 
So the question is, Starboy is on trial for killing Ken's Newhart. What explorer was killed by Newhart trying to defend himself and, Th and Tom? Christopher Columbus. Well, that's correct. Anyone? Jillian. It was Jan Barth. Oh, and I always okay. remember this guy at a university professor named Joe Barth. And to me, he was always the guy that um, uh, that was killed by Ken's Newhart. Oh, I thought he was the ancestor of the guy who was killed by Ken's Newhart. Well, clearly. I mean, um, all right. So that is uh, that one. Number five, Adventure Comics 354, The Adult Legionnaires. He says, I'm a sucker for the stories that give us a glimpse of the future, or in this case, the future future. And the Hall of Dead Heroes was intriguing. While I also loved Legion uh, 300, I did enjoy seeing how events that were shown in this story played out over the years up until then. So here's a question. Which Legionnaire was shown to have left the Legion to become the director of the Intergalactic Guard? Um, Intergalactic Guard. Colossal Boy? That is correct. Um, yeah, it was, it, that was the one where um, he had the, the they, they said something about an accident robbed him of his powers or something. That's right. Yeah. He had an injury that robbed him of his super growth power. Excellent. Nailed it. Um, I just I kind of think it's neat that he um, came out, that he became the director of the Inter Intergalactic Guard. And then, of course, um, later... Um, uh, Cochrane would have him, you know, a clear analog of, of, um, Colossal Boy being part of the, uh, the Shire Imperial Guard. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I think it was called, I think the analog was called Titan, if I remember yes. right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But, but I just, I just like, I love yeah. stuff like that. And I didn't realize that. So, so that's First kind step. of a neat, uh, setup for that, really. Of course, when you get older, you sometimes have growing problems. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, Says the young guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so I'm told. Uh, I mean, so I heard. <laughs> all right. Numbers. Cold water. There we go. No. Then, then you all have. That, that's that's how the Imskins get their, uh, keep up their powers. They They regularly take a dip in cold water. Indeed, it avoids <laughs> shrinkage. All right, uh, number six, Action Comics 380, Half a Legionnaire. This was one of the first Silver Age comics I ever owned. Um, and uh, I bought this at the, the, sec at the uh, secondhand bookstore uh, in Oshawa. And uh, it was like, oh my God, there's a Legion story in here. Um, one of Duo Damsel's, cell, Duo Damsel's cells returns for a mission engaged to another superhero. I've always been a fan of the short action run. To me, this is the Legion's transition from the Silver to the Bronze Age. He's not wrong. It dealt with relevant topics like addiction, mental illness, racism, political unrest, tax law, etc. I believe this was the first story that explored the idea that Lorne's bodies may have distinct personalities. So, 
When Lornu 2 takes up with Namlor, what name does he give her? No idea. This is a tough one. All these yeah. are pretty tough. Yeah, they <laughs> wait, are. Wait, they wait, are wait. Deep, um, deep cuts for sure. Oh, damn it, damn it. It made me think of it. Why am I tying this to the Teen Titan? Was it? Oh, what was it like? Like Lilith or something? Lilith, maybe? It, it was Lilith. Yeah. Yeah, Lilith, Lilith, L E L I T H. Yeah, which right? he says means beautiful on Ikros. Oh, I thought I thought no. it just meant um, ripping off a ripping off a Teen Titans name. <laughs> um, number seven, Legion Hold Super. On. What, 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 what was the number on that Action Comics issue? Oh, uh, sorry, uh, three hundred eighty. Just three eighty. Okay. Yep. It's got Superman typing something, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think that's the Superman confession, super confession or along something. Those lines. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the the light that that lamp it the, made me end up buying the lamp I use for my desk because it's similar in in shape. R- real? Wow. Seriously. Damn, sir. All right, number seven. Uh, Legion of Superheroes Volume 2, Issue 300, The Future is Forever. I always appreciate alternate timeline stories, even though this negates one of my other favorites, the adult Legionnaires. Will Timberwolf grow a mustache? Will Power Boy die? Will Brainy take up pipe smoking? We'll just have to wait and see. He's not wrong. It was, uh, no. it, it does, it, while it does negate that story, I think it does it in such a way that re- respects it. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, it sort of, yeah, because at least we also discovered that at least in, in one of those adult Legion alternate timelines that um, Daladus, for some reason, has wonky looking little eyes. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know why Kurt Swan drew his face like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he did. Uh I think it was the anchor. Because Kurt Swan I knew. Think so. I think the anchor yeah. was just like, Oh, he didn't put the eyes in here. Let me add him. Yeah. I can't All remember right. who the anchor was, but yeah, I, I, that's what I suspect. Um all right. Name all of the question. Name all of the characters appearing on the cover and the artist who drew them. Jeez. What? No. Too fine. easy? I'm, he's joking. Oh. Uh, he says, what? Too easy? Okay, then. Yeah. What was the name of the science asteroid director who was hosting Monel and Shadowlass on their vacation? I don't know if this is any easier. Exactly. Never mind. Um... All right, next up. Oh, this is a great one. Uh, Number eight, Legion of Superheroes, volume three, number 13. Oh, by the the way, the answer to the question was Queeg. Queeg, oh. Right, yeah, of Of course. course, Of course, of course. Was he Um, captain by any chance? It doesn't say. It doesn't say. But... um, he was helped to fend off a Kundish attack and Shady didn't die. So, yay. Uh, number eight, 
uh, Legion of Superheroes, Volume 3, Number 13. If you think coons are cuddly, you'll love the Lythals. Um, Timberwolf and Sensai try to uh, fulfill Karate Kid's last request. He says, this was the issue that sucked me back into comics after a decade-long hiatus, and it spotlighted one of my favorite Legionnaires. Must be Timberwolf. Um, um, yeah, that was a great issue. It really was. Uh, upon arriving on Lethal, Timberwolf and Sensei are told that they'll face the judgment of the three. What future Legionnaire was one of the three? This should be super easy. Oh, yeah, Mig. That is correct. Karate Kid 2. That is right. The uh, the three were Gorax, Stegus, and, of course, future Karate Kid, Mig. Um, number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Uh, Legion of Superheroes, Volume 3, number 32. Part one of the Universal Project. Yeah, that is a great poll fantastic poll uh he says the universal project typified what i love about levitz's writing tying together crumbs he dropped issues ago and building little mysteries while layering characterization yeah absolutely that is totally what that series was like everything about that storyline as we talked about when we did it what had been layered in before that and every, and it was like, oh, of course. Um, Wait, so trying to tying together crumbs. So th- is he trying to say that Levitz is a crummy writer? No. Okay. He's, no. A cr- he's a crumb bum. Crumb bum. <laughs> oh, man. Um, anyway, so here's the question. While Saturn Girl is dealing with her situation in the on the prison planet, Wildfire... Tellus and the White Witch travel to Hycraeus to search for whom? Uh, Zynir. I thought. Could have sworn. In fact, no. They were searching for the enigmatic Atmos, who oh. we later learned was on the prison planet, apparently hanging out with Dream Girl. Quote unquote, where hanging did I out. Get he was, yeah, where did I get he was that they were i don't know well makes sense because he's aquatic but uh yeah i actually now that i think about it i thought um i thought zymos was from hycraeus like his his species yes was also from hycraeus because of the whole methane tank thing yeah yeah all right number 10 this is a great one legion of superheroes volume three number 38 Greatest hero of them all. This is a great issue. I'm surprised this hasn't turned out more. I picked it. Yes, you did. You did. But I'm surprised it hasn't been like on a bunch more lists because it's a great story. The death of Superboy. I think it annoys a lot of Legion fans. That's fair. That's fair. Um, As good as it is. Death of who? Don't you dare. Um, Death of Who was that? Was was that um, Superboy? The Adventures of oh, Superman, Superman when he was a boy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now not you know. Now you know. We had to put it out. Of Superman when he was a clone. Ugh. I think I'm a clone now. Don't even get me started. All right. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. No, and he nails it, though. It broke my heart. It was a damn good story. It was a damn good story. That was, yeah, was. Uh, you know, Levitz has talked about um, how when he killed Batman, that was his le- least favorite of his stories. I know he said that because he said that on this show. Um, which, folks, you can find at uh, leisuresubstitutepodcasters.com. Uh, but also... Um, I know he was pretty pleased with uh, with despite how it had to happen the uh, the the death of Superboy because not only did it uh, really create a, a great story in and of itself but it also set the seeds for a fantastic story in the conspiracy and. Um, and also technically set the seeds for a crappy story with with the whole Supergirl saga. Oh, did I say that out loud? I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of it. Never I'm sorry. heard of it. That was my anyway, loud voice. I'm sorry. Um, anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's a great, uh, uh, a great story. And um, I think he did a great job with it, given the circumstances. Now. Um, during this story, the current Legion leader, so think of who that is in issue 38, um, is given a pep talk by a former leader. Who was the leader and who was the ex-leader that gave him the pep talk, gave them the pep talk? Uh. Well, current leader would have been Element Lad, right? I thought it was Timberwolf for some reason. (laughs) Was there an election since then? There was. Oh. oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, no, wait. No, Polar Boy didn't become leader till later. Okay. Right. Um, I'm thinking, right? I want to say it was actually the element lag giving, like, Timberwolf, maybe? No. Maybe it was Dream Girl giving Element Lad a pep talk? No, I don't remember. You were right about one of them. It, um, okay. Dream so... Girl gave the pep talk to current Legion leader, like uh, barely, Polar Boy. Polar Boy was leader by then. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Why she did gave... I think he didn't become leader until, until the new costumes? The crappy. Oh, I know why. Because it was um, because the costumes, the new costumes, were because of were involved in when Brainy left and he rolled out all the stuff in his lab. It included a whole set of new costumes for everybody. Yeah, That's where exactly. I was getting that yeah, from. Yeah. Okay. But that so was yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. But when you think about it, so so Polar Boy was leader through all of that mess, right? Yeah. Um, Okay, so um, so he gives some honorable mentions. Adventure Comics 247, because, you know. Um, what happened in that one? I don't know. Um, Adventure Comics 305, The Secret of the Mystery Legionnaire. Legionnaire Lemon, Antenna Lad, Element 162. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Adventure Comics 369. More Drew the Merciless. This would be on Mark Wade's list. I'll tell you that much. 
Um, and he puts uh, an exclamation point behind Bob Cobb because we get to see Bob Cobb again. Um, awful hat. Uh, Legion of Superheroes, Volume 2, 294, Dark Side. Because Dark Side. Um, again, because it, you know, you always want to find some way to include uh, a great Darkness Saga app episode um superboy because dark side was not the big deal back then that he totally that (laughs) this made him a bigger deal yes 100 percent um superboy starring the legion of superheroes uh number 197 timberwolf dead hero live executioner he says, the Legion finally get their name in the title of the book. He says, I know, not really until issue 235, but it sure looked like it. Hey, they, their name was on the cover up top. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so it, it was a big deal. Superboy, starring the uh, Legion of Superheroes, 200, the Legionnaire Bride of Starfinger, which was the first Legion wedding. As foreseen in the adult legionnaires. Take a drink for a reference to Starfinger and to in memory yes, of Yes, Alamost. Um next up, Adventure Comics 350. The Outcast Superheroes, which he describes as E. Nelson Bridwell at his E. Nelson Bridwelliest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next up, I love that, by the way, love everything about that sentence. Um, Legion of Superheroes, volume three, number 25, Revelation, loved the Sensor Girl mystery. Yeah, it was great. Absolutely great. Um, and then finally, Action Comics 858. Superman and the Legion of Superheroes, part one, Alien Worlds. After soft boots, reboots, three boots, and wellies. It was so great to see the Legion I grew up with back in action with Superman, i.e. the adventures of Superboy when he was a man. (laughs) And he says, well, I've taken up enough of your time, Sal. Not nearly enough It's been delightful and it's been great sort of walking through all this with you. And uh, thank you for sending that. And thank you for adding to the top 10 list, which folks really needs to happen. Um, And, uh, and, you know, there are so, so, so many of these lists. And I mean, poor Jim, he's like sitting there trying to track all this through, uh, through notepad and he's going through and it's like, there's no way to see what's going on in the, in the history of these files. And, um, you know, that makes me think of something else actually, Alan. Yeah. Did anything happen this week in Legion history? You know, I'm glad you asked because there are some things that happened. Well, thank goodness for that. Oh, I know. So this week, First off, Legion of uh, our the issue we read today was was L number nineteen ninety six three. Yeah, uh, was went on sale December twenty first nineteen ninety five. So yeah. this is yeah this is before this is somewhat before the Superman animated series. So that that's definitely probably drew off 
they may have drawn from that image of Brainiac for the yeah. the tri- for the three dots. It takes place on July twentieth, twenty nine ninety four, which is the same day as Legionnaires thirty three, which of course we did last week, and that was fifty six days after the founding of the Legion. Nice. Now this week in Legion history, sixty years ago on November twenty eighth, nineteen sixty three. Adventure Comics number 316, when evidence appears implicating Ultra Boy as an escaped criminal, they expel him, but he flees to avoid capture. He joins a band of criminals, but it turns out the whole thing was a ruse to lure out the real criminals, and they all have a good laugh afterwards. This was covered in episode 24. 55 years ago. Also, November 28th, 1968, Adventure Comics number 376. After the battle with the Wanderers, it turns out that it was Chameleon Boy who got kidnapped, not Bouncing Boy, by Kodar the Black Vassal, who wanted to, de- wanted to defeat the Mightiest Legionnaire so he could marry Princess Elwinda. Cam defeats Kodar and wins the hand of Elwinda, but the Legionnaires find him and teleport him back right before he could get married and he never saw her again Dang. We covered this we covered this in issue one or in episode 197 also november 28th 1968 superman's pal jimmy olsen number 117 jimmy olsen wanders through a dimensional portal left by aliens on earth and finds himself in a parallel world in which anyone not wearing a cape is considered a slave the Legion of Earth 117 has a cameo in its only appearance. That one, yeah, I remember that one. That's um that it had the bad planet of the capes, you know, name on it, which <clears throat> and Neil Adams cover. Um, I think George Papp did the interior artwork, but I'm not uh-huh. 100%. Um 45 years ago. November 30th, 1978. Super Friends, number 17. The Time Trapper sends Gina to the past on Krypton on the very day of its destruction and Zan to the world of Nurila 23 years in the future. Both worlds orbit red suns. Also, November 30th, 1978. Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes Number 248, Shadow Lass is gravely injured when the Legion fights a plant monster in the sewers. <laughs> Meanwhile, R.J. Brand goes bankrupt. We covered this in episode 467. 30 years ago, December 2nd, 1993, Legion of Superheroes, volume 4, number 53. <clears throat> After the Legion of Superheroes battles Glorith, Reflex's powers cause her to attack, uh, cause her attack to be deflected at her resulting in the return of the Time Trapper to reality. And that was covered in episode 680. Also, December 2nd, 1993, Legionnaires number 10. The Legionnaires attack some Kuns, which have landed on a planet inhabited by Protean. We covered this in episode 677. 25 years ago, December 2nd, 1998, Crisis on Infinite Earth hardcover, uh, Michael has a note here that says, Error Edition. 
It's hmm. the original first edition that included, uh, which had a printing error that included one of the monitor files panels printed twice instead of two different panels. And the subs covered the crisis series in various episodes between uh, between 170 and 306. December, also December 2nd, 1998, Starman, Volume 2, Number 50. Having been inadvertently brought to the future by the Shade, Jack and Mikal encounter the Legion's Starboy and Umbra in 2998, and they are able to cure the Shade. Mikal learns from Umbra that he is a Talokian like her and destined to become one of the greatest heroes of their race. Starboy reluctantly learns that he is destined to travel back to the 21st century and become a Starman sometime after Jack. And if we ever cover it, it will be <laughs> sometime in fall of 2026. So this this may be this may be one for the girls. I just read this a couple of years ago, but yes. Yes, yes it it uh it is definitely there is a, a wide tangent there for sure. Yeah. Um 20 years ago, November 26th. 2003 legion number 27 part three of foundations superboy makes his first appearance as religious fervor ramps up and worshipers of darkness attack the church of the last sun plus brainiac discovers dark side's apocalyptic secret scheme um, and we'll be covering that sometime in spring 2029 and, le- and let's note that this one is the adventures of superman when he was a clone yes. or <laughs> yes, something it like is. That. Yes, it is. Please move on. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> moving, moving along, moving along. Move along. Nothing to see here. <clears throat> Fifteen years ago, November 26, 2008, JSA Kingdom Come Special. The Kingdom, let's see, and a variant cover. Okay, Gog rewards those he deems fit. Starman has regained his sanity and others get their wishes. But what drawbacks do these wishes come with? Plus, Starman's true mission is revealed. Right, I remember that. Which changed after after uh, Final Crisis Legion of Three Worlds, where he had a second mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, November twenty sixth, two thousand eight, Legion of Superheroes, Volume Five, Number Forty Eight, Legion Membership Tryouts. Meet Night Girl, Gazelle, Fizzle, and Turtle. Meanwhile, alien spies gather intelligence about United Planets defenses and assassinate a United Planets government leader. And this will be covered sometime in 2030. Oh my. Also, November 26, 2008, Superman, Volume 1, number 682. And there's a variant cover. And it says, New Krypton, Part 6, sees the unrest between the Kryptonians and humankind rapidly spin out of control. Superman knows it's only a matter of time before widespread violence breaks out between the two cultures, and Monel and Chameleon Boy lend their appendages. <laughs> Ten years ago, November 27, 2013, Superman, a celebration of 75 years, hardcover. Uh, it reprints, among other stories, uh, Superman number 149, The Death of Superman, in which the Legion of Earth 149 comes back in time to pay their respects after Luther kills Superman. Um, that's uh, the salvation of 75 years hard cut. Well, yeah, I guess it, maybe it did. Maybe it did. I thought it came out at the same time as the anniversary edition, uh, like the action comics 1000 or yeah. no, sorry. No, I don't think it did. Before, yeah. No, 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 that, that's right. That's right. 
<clears throat> I'm, I'm mixing up two things because when Sarah turned five, because she was born on April 18th, 2013, which was, um, uh, what? 65 years. Um, yeah. Yeah. 65 years. Um, uh, uh, you know, on the 65th anniversary of the release of action comics. And right. so when she was five, I had that, that, copy of uh of action comics 1000 uh for her because you know she she likes the idea that she shares a birthday with superman um mm-hmm. it's not february 10th, 29th people come on um anyway um so yeah now i'm doing the math and yeah that's right the 75 years um hardcover logically came out um i just thought that it came out closer to the actual anniversary yeah. This has it coming out uh six months later. Yeah, this is seven is months later. Weird, yeah. Yeah, seven months later. And yeah, that that's kind of funny because um PJ's birthday is also April eighteenth. Is it really? Oh my yes, goodness. Superman was yeah, Superman was forty nine. Well, there you when, have it. When when PJ was born. All right. Five years ago. Uh, November 27th, 2018, the Flash TV episode for Season 5, Episode 7, O Come All Ye Faithful. While Nora, a.k.a. XS, grapples with unresolved anger over her father's disappearance in the future, Barry and Team Flash must stop a powerful new meta, Weather Witch, from killing her own father, the Weather Wizard. December 2nd, 2018, Supergirl TV episode, season four, episode eight, Bunker Hill. In the mid-season finale, directed by Kevin Smith, Nia has a powerful dream about Agent Liberty, but refuses to look at it as a prophetic dream and pushes it aside. After noticing something is bothering her, or is bothering Nia, Tara enlists Brainy's help, and the two try to persuade Nia to embrace her destiny. This is right where I fell off the series because I was watching it with Ella and she found there was an episode where they really followed deep on the uh, whole Agent Liberty Liberty side of things. And she just Mm -hmm. found it really uncomfortable. And uh, and she's like, I don't think I want to watch this anymore. And so that was what pushed her away from the series. And then it pushed me away from it because for us, or for me, it had always been a thing that we did together. And uh and it was really kind of disturbing. And um and yeah, you know I think this is around when I fell off the wagon too, because it was kind of like uh... I think it got to where it was a bit like, Oh my god, don't I see this all the time in the news? Do I need to see it here too? Yeah. Um yeah, but, you know, it shouldn't be about politics. No, yeah, but well, there, there I is mean, such a thing. That, there is such a thing as being too focused on it. There is a there is a, a thing where where they use it as metaphor, mm-hmm. which was largely done, and uh, and there is a thing where it is like the, you know. <laughs> When you think of like, oh, but but in the golden age, they did stuff like this all the time. And it's like, yes, because they weren't inundated with this shit as much as we were. Um, and and I think that's a, a, a big part of it. Anyway. Yeah, there's there's good allegory. And then there's there's uh, and then it's just on the nose. There's, 
there's Star just Trek, on the, the original notes. series. Let that be your last battlefield. Yes. 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 And then finally, right. not 960 years from now on November 29th, 2983, the computer matrix is revived and attacked the Legion. Invisible kid acquires or invisible kid two acquires his power during the emergency helps defuse the computer threat and is admitted to the Legion as seen in Legion volume two, annual number one, which we covered back in episode 79. Very nice. And that, and that ladies and germs is Legion history. Yes. So this this week, week in Legion history, folks, thank you, Alan, for bringing us through that. Um, all kinds of stuff we covered today, I'll note. And uh, hey, you might have some thoughts on this, and certainly you might want to share your top 10 uh, Legion stories. And you can do all of that over at, uh, by, by just like, well, you can email us. I mean, it's that simple. Uh, we are at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionsubstitutepodcasters.com. Uh, we are on the uh, the X, uh, where we are LOSP podcast. But on the upside, we're also on Blue Sky, where we are also, yes, you guessed it, LOSP podcast. In addition to all those things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, uh, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way into the time bubble. And we um, find ourselves confronted with many, many different versions of uh, Brainiac 5's origin. And then we figure he'll tell us what he needs us to know. And we'll move on from there. And we tell will us. see you Tell all. us is in this one? Tell us. Tell us. What? No, Atmos. No, God oh, damn no. it. Uh, Wait, no. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that bourbon's good stuff, you know. That's I mean, you're not even drinking it and it's working on you. Yeah. All right. And we will see you all next week.